Hi, and welcome to From the City to the Country podcast. My name is James, and together with my co-host Victor, we are going to discuss various topics from the news to raising a family. We hope to bring you our unique opinion and experience in life, giving you someone you can relate to, and maybe even learn a thing or two. We both have lived in the city our entire lives, and my family decided we would move to the country, or at least the South, as I now reside in South Carolina, and Victor in California. Now, as you can imagine, these are two entirely different worlds, so please enjoy the show as we dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to our show. I'm Victor, and I'm here with my uh, co-host, James. Today's show is uh, going to be an interesting one. A lot of touchy subjects, a lot of hot subjects. Yeah, let's let's get right into it. We're going to be talking about the N95 mask. Thanks, Victor. Uh, before we get on to the mask, we, we got... Um... We're going to talk about several things. Kind of, it's common. It's a mix of common sense and hypocrisy that goes on out there. Uh, global warming, mass, vax data, science. We're going to talk about how some people like the science when it agrees with them, but they don't like the science when it doesn't, and therefore it, it's time to change. Time to change the system. That's kind of what it is. I like the system until the system doesn't work for me. And we're going to start, you know, global warming is one of those things that's been around for a while. It's not just global warming now, it's climate change. Because once the data showed that we were no longer warming, they had to change the name of it because it didn't fit. It didn't fit the narrative. So they changed the name of it from global warming to climate change. And to me, there's no bigger case in hypocrisy over global warming than Al Gore. Um, You're probably familiar with Al Gore. He runs around, tells people that global warming, at the time, global warming was going to be the end all of, of us as a, as a race, as a, as a population, um, as human beings. And that was going to lead to catastrophe because human beings were causing the earth, there's temperature to rise to a point where it wasn't even going to be livable and we needed to do something about it. And what happened there is interesting because he runs around doing that and says that it's it's driving cars, it's being in planes, it's it's all this stuff, and yet he runs around flying his plane all over the place. He drives really expensive cars that pollute like crazy. He, I, I mean, he he's basically making money off of it, which is red flag number one for me that it's a scam, right? Where if we're if we're making money hand over fist and, and running around and not doing the things that we say other people should be doing, that's a red flag. And that's where, same thing with mass, same thing with vax and vax data. It, it, it all kind of ties into that same hypocrisy topic that we have. So looking at that, we talked a little bit about green energy, or we're going to talk a little bit about green energy. Um, I, I, I don't mind green energy. I like green energy. I got solar panels on my house. This is the second house I have that has solar panels on it. I think they're beneficial. I think the market's not ready for them yet. Um, which is why the government has to offer huge rebates, um, huge rebates to, to take care of it and to get people to buy it. Same thing with electric cars, but there's, there's a place for them in the market. I, I'm pretty sure, but we're not quite there. And that's why, that's why they're, they're subsidized. So I think there's a, right now, why there's a subsidy, there's a benefit to getting them, which is why I do it. And I can't, I can't argue with it. I think we made the right decision here. We'll find out next summer um, how much of that decision is worthwhile because right now we're, oh, we just got snow. So, I mean, I wasn't producing power for a couple of days as my panels were covered in snow and the sun wasn't out, but I'm okay with it. 
So I don't know, Victor, what do you think about some of this? Um, you can share your thoughts. Um, I think it's a bunch of nonsense, um, like going into the whole global warming thing. Um, and right, we, we, I was doing a little research and, you know, the whole Paris uh, Accord Agreement or the Climate Agreement. And if, if you really read into it and from what I grabbed the information from or for what I felt, you know, I'm not the smartest man, but it's literally corporation countries buying credits to pollute. But how do you buy credits? For something that goes into the air. That's the way it works, right? Is, is if I own a company and my company has a carbon footprint that's higher than some agreed upon number in the climate agreement, then anything above that, they, they assign a dollar amount to. It's, it's carbon monoxide or carbon dioxide or monoxide per pound, right? So they basically can track. And and then I know this because in my industry or the industry I was in for 15 years, these oil refineries are huge in this in this business and this carbon footprint, buying credits. And for a little while, the the plants I was working on in California, they were literally putting in devices that reduced their carbon footprint. And so they were weighing the amount of the project X number of tens of millions of dollars over X number of years versus X number of carbon credits over those same amount of years. Which one's cheaper? Which one's more cost effective? Oh, are regulations going to change when the next president comes in? Are they going to go back when a different president comes in? So maybe I say, hey, I need eight years to break even or 10 years to break even on this project. But the next guy that comes in in four years potentially is going to change so that I don't have to buy those carbon carbon credits. So they say, hey, and, and they have devices. Literally, everything in this in the in these plants have devices to measure how much of what not just carbon, but anything that goes in the air. And if they have an upset condition that flares and sends anything out into the atmosphere, it's measured. And if they go over an allotment of certain ones, they're automatically fined. There's no buying credits. It's you don't buy credits for some of these chemicals. You're just fined. What's the what's the average fine on something like that for like a big corporation, say, like you said, an oil refinery? You know, I don't know. I wasn't in that part of it. I, I mean, I've heard the conversation. I understand what they were talking about because the project, the projects we're putting in called uh, it, it's NOx reduction. Basically, all the heaters that they have in these plants use uh, either oil or natural gas to basically light the heater and run the heater and the heater puts out an emissions because you're burning off fuel. So each of these heaters has a stack and out of that stack comes um, pollution and they, they measure it. And what ends up happening is they are using a certain level of cleanness of natural gas or of uh, fuel. And, and it's similar to the diesel trucks in California, right? For diesel trucks, you have to have, it's called an SCR, it's a, it's basically a reduction item. And so it uses chemicals to uh, lower the emissions of certain, of certain other particles. And so what they do is they mix in usually ammonia with the chemicals coming out of the, out of the exhaust and that they end up neutralizing certain, certain particles. And so they're not measured and therefore it reduces your, your uh, pollution, your carbon footprint. And these refineries are doing it on large scale. And, and I mean, it must be a lot because, I mean, you're talking the projects are tens of millions of dollars. 
And so it must be tens of millions of dollars because some of the projects go through and some of them don't go through. And they don't go through because it's cheaper to get the, the um, carbon credit than it is to do the project. But some of the projects do go through because the tens of a million dollars project is cheaper than getting the carbon credit. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. And, and it, it, it's, it's a very big industry. And I've done it. it, it a lot of the projects in the SoCal area that we were bidding were for that. Wow. We're talking like dozens of projects because each of these refineries has multiple heaters in it, multiple sources of emission that cause the same issue. It's interesting when you look at it and say, hey, you know, you got this guy running around telling us if this stuff isn't reduced, we're going to have major problems. Yeah, yeah. And to an extent, I understand, like we should do our best to, no, I don't want to say like total tree hugger hippie side where, hey, we need to produce nothing and and interfere with the environment in no way, but we need to be good stewards of what God's given us. And that, that but God's given us these other items too. He's given us fossil fuels. So he's, it's not like he hasn't given to us that, hey, you can't use these, right? We, but we need to use them with responsibility. And I see places that, that use them without responsibility and they operate with impunity because their government doesn't care. Yeah, uh, uh, i.e. China. Yeah, exactly. China is a huge, a huge polluter. And their population is, what, double of the U.S., if not more? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous because there was a a comedian that I was listening to not too long ago. And he said that they went to uh, China to do some show. And this obviously was pre pre COVID, but he said that they just stacks and stacks of buildings. He said it, it was like you were trying to uh, that game where you build that Sim city game. It's just imagine building a world on top of another world, on top of another world, on top of another world and so on forever. Well, and China went through a period of building buildings that had nobody in them. Yeah. Yeah. Inflating their economy by running projects that they really went yeah. nowhere, but that's a whole different topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can see a lot of the hypocrisy involved in global warming. There's multiple people running around on on the left side of the aisle saying, hey, you know, we have to have nothing but electric cars. And in California, right, you can't buy a gas powered lawnmower anymore. You can't buy a gas powered weed weed blower, weed whacker, blower, whatever it is, right? Yeah, it, it's pure stupidity, right? And there's it's funny because, you know, there's I see this I see this meme or TikTok. I don't know if it's a meme or a joke, but it, I mean, it's funny because there's a guy out there saying, oh, cows produce more carbon monoxide than cars do. And the response to it is, OK, you go hang out in the garage with your car running overnight and I'll go hang out with a cow and we'll talk about it in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't get me started with those cows and pigs and stuff, man, because California also put in a law about bacon. And pork product, and we won't get into that right now. We that that hurt that hit me right where it hurts, man. So we won't talk about that today. Um, so as we continue on this this line of believe the science, as long as it meets our it meets our agenda, it meets our goal. You know, one of the things that they've implemented during the, this pandemic is is masking, and the the craziness behind masking and the hypocrisy behind masking. And how it's evolving. Uh, it was at first. It was you don't need a mask. They don't do anything, which was the truth. Well, to an extent. I mean, they do do something, but it's minimal in most cases. And then it went to you have to wear a mask because it's the only way you're protected. And it evolved 
to, well, once you get the vaccine, you don't have to wear a mask because you're protected. And then the vaccine has its own problems. And well, you should still wear a mask even if you're vaccinated. And they have data now. I mean, we've been we've been in this long enough that we have, they have data. And one of the things I always understood from the masking standpoint, which is why I say it was mostly true when they said they don't they don't do anything. You know, Fauci came on and said, you know, mask. The general public doesn't need to wear masks. They don't really do. They don't really do much. And then he later came out and said, oh well, he lied. I mean, he didn't use that word, but he didn't tell the truth or half truths because he didn't want there to be a run on mass. And we wanted to make sure that medical personnel could get them. Yeah. And I'm like, if you, you're going to lie right off the bat at the start of this thing, why should anybody believe anything else you have to say? No, absolutely. And I, that hits home with me because um, I work for, like I said, um, before I know the show is for a local school district and I have to wear a mask for eight hours a day. The only time I'm allowed to take it off is when I eat my lunch. And when I eat my lunch, I have to eat separate from everybody else because as long as it's out of six feet. So six feet and beyond, I could have somebody else with me with no mask on. Well, that's because at six feet, so at six feet, the virus stops. Absolutely. You, you know that it, it can't keep going even if the wind's behind it or an air conditioner is blowing in your direction. The virus stops at six feet. A- absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if anybody knew that, but at the same time, I'm huffing and puffing. I, I walk and work probably about six to seven miles every night. And I'm huffing and puffing, pulling carts and bags and running machine and equipment. And it is so hard to breathe with those masks that it, it it's almost it it seems impossible to even get anything done when I'm trying to work. Because of this stupid mask. And then they want us to wear a face shield. And then they wanted us to wear goggles. And then all this other stuff. is like, I'm going to spacesuit. Literally. And I'm doing basic work. Basic work. Hazmat suit. Hazmat suit. People are scared. People are absolutely scared. And and because there's people out there that are saying things that are, are, are wild. And, and their whole idea, if, if the population's scared, they're controllable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And when you can control the population, you can continue to rake on piles of money. Dr. Fauci rakes on piles of money. This man, this man's making all kinds of money on this, and it, it, it's. And then the last time there was a gentleman who put a lot of fear into people, he had a funny-looking mustache. Yeah, it, it's all about control, right? And so when you talk about masks, and you talk about you know the other thing, I assume they want you to do is eat your lunch sitting down because when you're in a restaurant, you can wear not wear a mask as long as you're at the table. But for some reason, when you walk into that restaurant, you have to wear the mask while going to your table. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I assume you have to eat your lunch sitting down at that point because the the virus can only be spread above like the four and a half foot level. (laughs) You know, it's wildly, wildly crazy when they say that. And now now it's evolving to um, cloth masks don't quite get it done and we need to be wearing N95s. Yeah. And and here's the kicker though is I breathe a whole lot better just because I'm so active and moving while I'm at work with a cloth mask. And now that they're saying, well, it's the KN95 or the N95, but I used to work at a body shop in Orange County when I was in high school. I mean, I'm talking, I was 16, 17 years old and I was just an apprentice trying, I was, I was lost like everybody else, right? I was literally hired to sweep and help sand cars and clean the paint booth. But I had to wear a R95 
It's a big difference because it looks like the Bane mask. And it had the two filters on the side of each side of your cheek. You had to take the filters off, get new ones when they were dirty. And some of them actually were washable. They made a washable version where you can take the filters off and wash. But in order for me to wear that mask, I actually had to take a test. to try to breathe in this little machine to see how high the thing went up and down. And this was in high school in, you know, the late 90s or whatever it was. I was, I think, in high school at 99, 98, somewhere around there. And those R95 masks felt like I did more to protect me than the 95 filter masks that they have now. That's that's the thing that needs to be cleared up, right? Is that they're running around saying it's an N95 mask. No, it's an N95 respirator. It, it, it's completely different. And, and some people are walking around wearing masks that look like N95s, but they're not. They just happen to have the same shape. They don't do the same thing. Yeah. They're meant for mowing your grass and keeping particles out of your face from like mowing the grass and things like that, not for for virus protection. And as you look at N95s and an N95 respirator, right? We keep calling them masks, but they're really not. They're respirators. And respirators are controlled by OSHA, which is why when you had a, a R95 in the KN95s are supposed to be the same thing. When you have an N95 mask, you're supposed to be fitted. You're supposed to be uh, tested, medically tested, to make sure that these masks are appropriate, for the, that your body can handle wearing it. Because you, the, the studies show that you have an increase in, in carbon monoxide in your or carbon dioxide in your uh, bloodstream. And you have a decrease in oxygen because you're, you're getting less oxygen and more carbon in your breathing pattern because it's, it's just filtering right back in. The other thing about these N95s is they're supposed to have a seal around them. So if you see somebody claiming to wear an N95 and they have a mustache or a beard and there's hair interfering with that, it is not worn correctly. And there's a, a wonderful article by, by a guy on the Blaze Media, um, Daniel Horowitz, and this article is fantastic. You check it out, guys. It's... Um, the dangers of the momentum behind the N95 respirators. And if you go onto their website and hit the search thing and just search Horowitz, his articles pop up and he's, he's laid out a lot of information on here. And one of those things is we're talking about an improperly worn KN95. So no mask is the baseline, right? Cloth mask, you get a 9.8 bump in protection, 9.8. I don't know if it's in percentage or joules or whatever the measurement is, they got a little percent sign on this article. So 9.8% improvement in protection wearing a cloth mask. That's what most of us wore for months on end. In California, they're still doing it, right? Some places they're still doing this. Um, Every day. Every day. <laughs> yeah. And so luckily, I don't have to do this nonsense when I go out. But, but you're talking a 9.8% increase in protection for a cloth mask. That's not a lot. For, for the other issues that are coming along with it, not a lot. Hey, don't touch your face, wash your hands. But you wear a mask, got to touch your face all the time to fix this thing to get it upright. And that's providing you're even wearing it right. Half the people out there wear it over their mouth and not their nose. I'm like, you just, okay, 9.8, let's just cut that down. Oh, zero because your nose is fully exposed, right? Um, the next one on the list is surgical masks. Surgical masks, 12.4% increase. And people are like, oh, surgical mask. You know what a surgical mask is used for? I saw this. This is interesting. I, I'm not a doctor. Maybe someone that ends up listening to this is and can actually maybe give us some feedback here. But I, my understanding is that surgical masks were meant to keep your, your spit and snot 
that is that happens when you're working on a patient from getting on that patient and in that patient. It's not particles. It's not it's not particulate. So I, I, I never thought about that. If you think if you were doing a surgery for multiple hours and you know, you're going to have moisture and sweat and snot and things like that at certain times. And it's, so it's meant to keep that stuff out. Uh, the, the next mask on the list is a KN95. So the KN95 actually provides a 46.3% increase in protection. That, that's, a, that's a good number. That's a, that's a pretty good number. Now, again, with that KN95, you're supposed to be medically tested, form-fitted, and know how to maintain this thing. And you cannot have facial hair. And a lot of times, they're one-use item. And, you, you know, like I said, being OSHA-covered, OSHA OSHA-regulated, you can use it one time and throw it away. That means you go to the grocery store. You, you should put it on before you leave your house, wear it all the way through the grocery store, take it off when you get home, and throw it away and buy a new one. Yeah, so so you mean that me wearing it up to the door I, is not helpful and then taking it off as soon as I leave that door? Probably not. You know, probably not. It, it doesn't provide a whole lot of protection. Um, the R95, which you said, um, and now keep in mind that N95 and R95 do have different side effects as far as heightened increase in carbon monoxide or carbon dioxide. I'm not sure which one it is. Um, CO2, so carbon dioxide, right? Um, increased carbon dioxide in the bloodstream and decreased oxygen. So they both come with some some consequences to wearing them. So you're getting a 46%. And then in the case of an R95, if you want to go full Bane, out there and have two filters hanging off your face, you can get a 60% increase in protection from the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Uh, now, here's the here's here's the one that got me. This is this is absolutely wild. The KN95, but it's supposed to be form-fitted. Has a little foam seal around it. This is like it looks like a paper mask, cloth mask, not cloth like what you know when you hand, when they're made from home, but it's it's heavier duty than that. And this this study or the article basically explains that an improperly worn KN95 mask provides you a 3.4% increase in protection. That's less than wearing a cloth mask. An improperly worn N95 gives you less protection than wearing a cloth mask. Which 95 of the people wear that KN95 incorrectly. Oh, so many people wear them wrong. If they're, if they're even wearing if they're even wearing an N95 to, to boot, right? Um, yeah, they they end up wearing most like uh, chin straps than anything else. Yeah, it's it's so stupid. Like, okay, if you're gonna make yourself uncomfortable, be uncomfortable and wear it correctly. But if you're gonna say, "Oh, I'm gonna be half comfortable because I want to wear it over my mouth and not my nose," then just don't wear the thing at all and be fully comfortable. Either get the most protection, the whole nine point eight percent you can get, or just get zero and be comfortable. It, it's wildly crazy and the article also goes in to explain the maker one of the makers n95 masks 3m literally puts on their box do not use for and there's a section on biological particles and it says don't use for oils oil aerosols or asbestos an article explains that asbestos particles are 20 times larger than the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Hmm. So you're not supposed to use it for asbestos because it, it won't it won't do the job. And you're telling me that it's going to do the job for something 20 times smaller. Hmm. I don't think so. <laughs> so, and, and the maker of the mask, in order to not be sued, states 
that you cannot eliminate the risk of infection uh, or illness or disease. Now, I understand that, that they put eliminate the risk, basically meaning you're not going to get 100% protection. So in a way, they're right, right? Hey, you get some added protection, 40, 36%, what the article say here, 46% and 60%, right? So you do get an increase in protection from those things. But man, at the, even at the best protection, you still got a 40% chance that it's not going to do what you want it to do. Well, and the kicker is if worn correctly, and yet if again, if yet again, if facial hair, facial hair, the gaps not being sealed all the way around. Just it, flat not wanting to wear it correctly because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and yeah, there, there's lots yeah. of reasons. It, it's it's wild that, they, that they're pushing this so hard and some places they're still keeping it. Yeah, it's, I, it's the, the whole topic, right? The hypocrisy of it all. They and, recommended it when I was in California. The, the recommendation came out when I was in California. I was I ain't wearing that. I go to the store without it. You know, my wife, she wore it. She went to the store. If she took the kids, they wore it. If I went to the store and I took the kids, nobody wore it. Because, you know what? Each person can decide. My wife, with the kids, we weren't too super worried, I guess. Um, eventually, it became it became mandatory. So, you know what? I did wear it. Fine. But if I went somewhere it wasn't mandatory or not required, I didn't wear it. The instant they said it's not required, I stopped wearing it. Uh, I got to so I got to South Carolina. Just, they they have signs on the do- door, but they don't care. The only place I had to wear it when I got here was DMV and the doctor's office. And now you know the only place I got to wear it is D is not even DMV anymore. It's the airport and the doctor's office because the airport's guided by federal regulation, right? So the airport you have to wear it. When when we came back to California in November for my brother's wedding, wore it. Kids hated it. They go to school. They don't wear it. The school say there's. I see in the school pickup line. I go pick my kids up. There's kids wearing them. You know what? If that's what makes them feel good. But at the end of the day, that's what it is. It makes it makes them feel good. Yeah, it's it's because nine point eight percent protection increase is not a lot. No, no. You, how much are you protecting for all the discomfort that comes along with it? And I mean, if you're comfortable wearing it, congratulations, great for you. I, I applaud you that you are comfortable wearing yeah. that. But I'm not. And I don't think being uncomfortable and having all that blown back in my face and touching my face the extra amount and having most people wear the mask multiple times without washing it. Like, I don't think that's all worth it. So I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable to wear for eight hours a day and you can only take it off when I eat or when I want to drink some water. And there's a, a, a fine line that. Our, my workplace has certain rules and regulations that when you can and can't wear it and all this other stuff. And uh, I'm respectful. I will, I, I, if that's what I have to do, that's what I have to do. But the one thing I won't get is that vaccine. And that's a nice little segue to our next topic here. Yeah, you want to talk about vaccine and vaccine data and, and the hypocrisy that goes on with that. I have real huge problems with what's being pushed as far as the vaccine goes. Yeah, me. We kind of hinted on this, I think, in, in one of the last shows. And if I knew the truth and I can make an educated decision and it was the best decision, then I'd go get it. But I can't make an educated decision and I don't think it's the best option. I think um, now if you think it's the best option, that that's OK. I don't got a problem with that. But. When the vaccine first came out, one side of the aisle said, oh, you can't get the vaccine. Trump made it. It's going to kill you. 
it wasn't it wasn't done right then not even like three four months later right that we switch sides and it's it's now biden's president and that same side of the aisle says i'm not getting it back donald trump made this vaccine there's no way i'm getting it it's saying if you don't get this vaccine you're gonna die it's the same vaccine what changed nothing the politics changed and when you play politics with with health decisions i got a real big problem with that absolutely real big problem with that and so you had all these people on TV. Oh, no, it's it's effectiveness. It's got this huge effectiveness, 95 percent, 98 percent, whatever. Right. But the virus is ninety eight point seven percent survivable if you're a healthy human being under the age of what, 50 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, OK, I guess then you're what you're saying is my ninety eight point seven percent chance goes up to like ninety nine point nine or whatever right that essentially is what you is what i think that says maybe i'm wrong uh, but at the end of the day over time right and that's where people are like oh you know we have other vaccine mandates <laughs> none of those vac- the vaccines were mandated until years after they came out mm-hmm. until years later chicken pox and so they had <laughs> polio yeah. i think the shortest one was like i, lo- I was looking at it. i think the shortest one was like six years before it became mandated six years and you know what I don't get the flu shot. Yeah. And that's been around for a long time. Now, as I get older, I might change my mind on the flu shot. I'm thinking as I get older, I'll probably get the flu shot. My wife gets the flu shot. She's, she was a teacher. She gets the flu shot. She's around all kinds of kids. Cool. I don't, I don't feel the need for it. I didn't feel the need for it as I get older and my health changes. Maybe I do. And part of the reason I don't, I can't really blame older people for going out and getting the vaccine. If it increases the if it reduces the risk of severe disease, but again, there's another article by Daniel Horowitz on the Blaze Media. Uh, the very concerning data from Scotland, and the very concerning data from Scotland is that now that we've had time to see the big picture, it basically goes over like the hospitalization, the the case rates, uh, death rates, and and explains that vaccination status and unvaccinated status. There's a, there's a way that they count the data, and they they say if you come in. And this is, I, I'm kind of glad it's from Scotland because in the U.S. I think we count the data very sketchy. I think they've done a very poor job of, of tracking the data. And they've even come back and admitted it in, in recent weeks here and said, oh, yeah, well, if they came in uh, for another reason, we automatically swabbed them. And if they tested positive, they were counted as a COVID patient, even if they had no symptoms. And so that tells me, and I heard there were there were stories and there were news articles where somebody came in, got hit by a car, and they died, and they counted it as a COVID death. How are we, because they were positive with COVID at the time, like, unless their fever was so high, they were delusional and they walked out in traffic, you can't count that as a COVID death. Not even close. I was also going to mention the comorbidities that... A lot of the older folks who have three or four, you know, other issues with them and they end up getting the vaccine. So they die of a heart attack, but because they got the vaccine or and or had COVID, they mark it as a COVID death. And And that's a good point. And that goes into part of what this article talks about is how they count. COVID cases with vaccinated and unvaccinated people, right? So unvaccinated people have a, a declining 
it, while the virus overall is declining in Scotland, what this data is saying is that uh, I believe it's I believe it's from the first the first part of this is for unvaccinated just cases of COVID. It's like four hundred and twelve per hundred thousand for unvaccinated, and then for for one dose is five hundred and forty three, two doses. 865 and three doses, 481. So what's interesting about that is that the article explains that the unvaccinated and the two doses numbers are always going to be higher because for the first three weeks after you get the the, uh, first dose, they still count you in the unvaccinated category. However, it also goes on, same thing with two doses. Once you get that booster shot, that third dose, they count you for the first 14, one of them was 21 days. I think it was the first dose was 21 days. In Scotland, it's 21 days and then 14 days. So once you get that third dose, that booster, they count for the first 14 days after they count you in the two-dose category. Now, the article goes on to explain, and Daniel Horowitz did a fantastic job putting this, explaining this, so please look at the article. And it basically says that that time period after you've received your vaccine is when you are most vulnerable to catching COVID because it suppresses your immune system. So at the time at which you're most vulnerable, they count you in the category previously done before. Basically, it's it's a way of manipulating the data to say, oh, if you're unvaccinated, they pump the, vaccine, the, the unvaccinated numbers up and the unvaccinated number is still the lowest number. And they're still pumping it up because who knows how many of those unvaccinated cases were actually within the first 21 days of their injection. Yeah. Right. I don't as far as I could tell from the article, they weren't counting how many uh, counting it that way. That, that's the truest way to count. There should be multiple categories. There should be I'm unvaccinated. This is how many cases in the first 21 days of the fir- before the, of the first dose. This is how many cases of the second dose. This is how many cases between the, the first 14 days of the third dose. And this is how many for the third dose. There should be a bunch more categories for this so that we can actually take data and be able to use it correctly. Um, at the end of the day, it just basically explains that the the leaky and this is where the argument comes in hey if i don't have the vaccine and you don't have the vaccine and they got it and well because you didn't get the vaccine it caused it caused variants no a leaky vaccine caused variants yeah a, a leaky vaccine a vaccine that didn't do what it was supposed to a vaccine that literally caused the cdc to change the definition of vaccine right when is the last time we changed the definition of something to meet what we produced that, that's incredibly disingenuous. Yeah. And how many people even know about that? How many people know that the CDC changed the definition of vaccine, right? They, they changed the definition of vaccine like we're changing the definition of fully vaccinated. You used to be fully vaccinated after either, what was it, two doses of Pfizer or one of Moderna or vice versa. And that was a full, that was a full vaccine. Now you're not fully vaccinated in some places unless you have the booster shot. Yeah. Is uh, right? Israel, so, who's I think is uh, what, four, five boosters already? Some even six boosters oh, in? And there's some data coming out of out of Israel that I'm fully seeing articles on, and, and yeah. that where they're coming to realize that the vaccine is the problem. Yep, they they are one of the most like percentage wise one of the highly highest vaccinated places, and they're having more cases than they've ever experienced because it basically goes on to show that I mean at a at a double at, at a double case rate from unvaccinated to two doses that there's actually a negative efficacy. You're actually more likely to get the, va- the the COVID when you've had the vaccine. Yeah. And to, to go in and talk about the science and how we, we 
So we're all for science, 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 right? Hey, we got to follow the science. But when science says that natural immunity is proven to be better than any uh, vaccine that we've produced, and this is through, his, through our history, right? We've, we've shown that anytime we get an illness and we produce natural immunity, it's better than the fake immunity we produce. Well, it's real immunity, but it's it's uh, manufactured immunity through vaccines. And for our health administration to not acknowledge that is incredible. The fact that you have better immunity than with the virus and they won't acknowledge it to where you should be considered vaccinated, that should all be the same status, is wildly hypocritical and wildly political. Mm-hmm. They want they want they want to know how how far they can push you, and you know there's this old there's this term that was years ago. Um, I have been following. I mean, the Blaze Media is Glenn Beck's business website thing, and uh, he had a book called Agenda Twenty One. Agenda Twenty One is like a, it's a real thing. You can look it up. And his book on Agenda Twenty One it was fictional. Um, but it, over there in the book, it talked about something called the over, overture window. Essentially, it's like a slider. And what they do is is they say something so outlandish or propose something so outlandish to move the scale to one side or the other that when they actually put out what they want to implement, it doesn't sound so bad. So it's it's we're going to two weeks to slow the curve. Everybody bought it. That's not super outlandish, right? But there's other things um, where they say, like, it's just it's so extreme to left side or right side. And then they make the proposal. And it, it's like, if center if center is here and you go 10 clicks to the left or 10 clicks to the right, they're going to say something that's 10 clicks to either side. And then when they make the proposal for something that's five clicks to either side, you're like, oh, that's not so bad. And then you accept it. Well, now the center of the, now the, center of the window has moved over to that five clicks anyways. Yeah. So they just keep moving the scale, moving the scale further and further by proposing something wild and then coming back with something less wild, even though that something less wild is not appropriate anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how they're using this data to basically control people. There's a side out there that I'm sorry, you're, you're brainwashed. If you seem to, if you want to tell me, sit there and tell me that you have the vaccine but I should wear a mask and I should get the vaccine to keep you safe. And you don't seem to see the problem with the fact that you can still get and spread COVID with the vaccine. Yeah. At that point, what was the purpose of getting the vaccine? Yeah. Right. So you take, you take people that are, according to this data in this article, more likely to have the the virus anyways, and tell them, well, you don't have to wear a mask and you only have to quarantine for five days and not wear a mask when you come back, even if you're not showing symptoms and if you don't have the, the, you're less likely to spread it and have it according to this data if you're unvaccinated. Yeah. So they're telling people that are more likely to have it, more likely to spread it, that you don't have to follow any safety precautions. Yeah. And telling people that are less likely to get it, that you have to be all controlled. Yeah. And the, 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 the other side of the coin is that is the money, the money portion, right? So my issue is that when I'm watching, I don't know, anything, it could be my wife and I like to watch a Hallmark channel, more my wife than I do, but in the middle of the commercials, this segment was brought to you by Pfizer. This segment was brought to you by 
Pfizer. And it's safe and effective. Make sure you go out and get your vaccine throughout this movie program, whatever we're watching. And the money that they're dumping into the advertise let's not even call it advertisement. Let's say it's propaganda. Okay. Every other commercial, even on the radio, everywhere you go, they're safe, they're effective. Get your booster, get your vaccine. You need to be fully vaccinated. Be a hero. Stay inside and wear a mask. Be that hero. And all this for something that, in essence, doesn't work. Think about that, right? They're dumping all this money into advertisement. And you can, here in California, you dive, you can drive on the you know 91 freeway and every other billboard is get the vaccine. Are you vaccinated? Hey, free vaccine, free, free local testing. Come on down. At the end, like I talked to another coworker of mine who actually got and got his booster and he's like, you know, and he still ended up getting it. And he's like, what? I, he's like, I kind of regret it because now I'm going to have to get this booster every time it comes out. He's like, so it didn't really matter that I got vaccinated because all it is, is a piece of paper that I can go to LA County and say, I can go in this movie theater. It doesn't work. Papers, please. So, yeah. Papers, please. You know, yeah. you want a real trip through history. Look at the, the drug companies in this country. Look where they came from. Look where they originated. You want, you want a real trip to, to see how the medical industry kind of medical, I guess pharmaceutical industry is more like it, how that kind of functions. Look at who makes our food and look at who makes our medicine. Do your own research on this and you'll see, you'll see a circle of money. You'll see, you'll see that our pharmaceutical industry came from a very questionable place. I mean, there are sure there's been some great things in medicine. I don't doubt that. I don't, I don't deny that there have been fantastic things in medicine, but there have been some very wrong things in medicine. And one of them I know for, because I, I, I've had heartburn problems for a long time and still kind of do, but I've I've kind of figured out how to control it a little bit without taking a pill. But if you produce food that causes me to have heartburn and then you turn around and produce the, the, the pill to get rid of the heartburn, I start to, my eyes start to open when I started seeing some of that. So go, go to explore that, explore that topic and let us know what you think. Uh, we'd love to hear from you on that. Uh, yeah. It, it, very interesting. So I think, I think now we're, we're kind of running out of time for this episode. So we're going to go ahead and tell you, we're going to, we're going to continue this topic next episode so please tune in again to finish this topic we got one more kind of uh i guess two more kind of uh topics it's one it's one topic split into two two three different things so join us next episode we want to continue this this hypocrisy and uh trusting the the science and until it doesn't meet our agenda type conversation and we look forward to hearing hearing from you guys and and reaching out uh to us Thank you for your time. Victor, do you have anything else you'd like to sign off with? Uh, no, just thanks, guys, for listening. And yeah, tune into the next one. It's going to be uh, interesting as well. Well,
Well, everyone, that was our show. Thank you for listening. If you like what we're doing here and enjoyed the show and any of our topics, please follow us on Instagram at city underscore two underscore country underscore podcast or on our site at anchor.fm forward slash from the city to the country. Thank you. Until next time. Bye.